The Talmud tells us an interesting story in this week's Torah portion. Yaakov, the father of the Jewish people, is realizes that he's about to die, and he calls together all of his sons, his 12 sons, the 12 tribes of Israel, and he says to them as follows. Says, Yaakov called his sons and said, Gather round and I will tell you what will happen to you at the end of days. And then the story continues and Yaakov proceeds to bless each of his kids to give them some words of, uh, of some rebuke for some of the things they did wrong and perhaps to tell them some secrets about their special purposes in life, where they might end up living in the land of Israel, some prophetic ideas about each of the different tribes. But he doesn't tell them what will happen at the end of days. He said, gather around and I'll tell you what will happen at the end of days, when the Messiah will come, when Mashiach will come, how human history will end. And he doesn't do that. And the Talmud says as follows, that Yahweh was about to reveal to them the secrets of the end of time, and suddenly the divine spirit, his, prof- his prophecy left him. And he became very scared that one of his sons perhaps was not worthy of hearing this prophecy. And in response, the Talmud says, his sons turned to him and they said, Shema Yisrael, listen, Israel, our father, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem, the source of everything, is our God. Hashem Achad, Hashem is one. And just like Hashem is one, just like there's only one God and God is oneness, so too your children are one. We all we all are united in our belief of God. And Yaakov was comforted by that thought. So the question is, why specifically did they say the Shema, which we know is the Jewish Pledge of Allegiance, the Jewish mantra, the declaration that God is everything, that all there is is God, that is the foundation of Judaism? And why didn't Yaakov get to reveal to them what would happen at the end of time? Why was he unable to share that message with us? There's also another interesting reference to the Shema. In the end of last week's Parsha, it says that Yaakov and his son Yosef were reunited after 22 years of being separated from each other. They're reunited. He thought Yosef was killed. Instead, he was sent down into slavery, and they're finally reunited, and they hug each other, and they embrace, and the Torah tells us that Yosef cried on Yaakov's father. But why wasn't Yaakov crying? It says again, the commentaries say from the, from the Talmud that Yaakov wasn't able to cry because he was busy doing something else. He was saying the Shema. Why was he saying the Shema at that moment when he's reunited with the son? Why again? What's the significance of the Shema? So the... I believe the message here, Yaakov calls together his sons and says, I want to show you what's going to be at the end of days. And suddenly divine prophecy, the divine presence leaves him. He loses his prophetic connection. I believe the message is, is that is what will happen in the end of days. We will lose our connection to God. We'll feel disconnected. We'll lose the clarity of divine inspiration. So what's the response? How do we deal with living in a time when we feel disconnected from God? And the sources point out that this week's Torah portion is really the beginning of the slavery, the enslavement of the Jewish people. 
Now, in reality, the actual slavery didn't begin until next week's Parsha, after the death of all 12 of the tribes. But the spiritual slavery began in this week's Parsha. As one of the commentaries, as Rashi points out, the most quintessential commentary on the Torah, he brings from the Talmud, that this week's Parsha is alluded to at the beginning of the Parsha that the slavery begins to the Jewish people. And he says, what does that mean? That the hearts and the eyes of the Jewish people became closed because of the slavery. Now, even though the physical slavery didn't begin till next week's Parsha, many, many decades later, the spiritual slavery began right now, which is that the hearts and the eyes of the Jewish people became closed. Because what is slavery? Slavery is disconnection from our source disconnection from the big picture that Hashem, God, is with us at every moment of our life. That is enslavement. That is exile. And the Baal Shem Tov, the founder of the Hasidic movement, says that exile and redemption are both states of mind. And we don't have to wait for Mashiach to come to get into the state of redemption, Geula. We can go to that right now. How do we do that? By lifting ourselves out of the closed-minded enslavement of the body of the desires of the body of the narrow-minded vision that the world is just how it appears to our physical eyes and recognizing that god is here right now in this moment despite what we're going through despite the things we're going through that might seem like hardships challenges illness relationship problems depression poverty war, all the different things that we're going through in our life, each and every one of us, that is slavery when we think that those things are bad. But when we recognize that those things are really gifts from Hashem in order to bring us closer to our true potential, in order to bring out the hidden greatness within us, so then we're able to transform the suffering into redemption to realize that the slavery is really just in our mind. It's all about our attitude. So the message of the Shema is to jump out of the narrow-minded here and now experience of existence through our physical eyes. That's why we close our eyes in the Shema, to realize that there's a spiritual reality that's taking place right now. And all the stuff that looks like hardships is really blessings. And that's, it's recognizing the big picture that everything is from God, that Hashem is everywhere and in everything. And that's precisely why Yaakov said the Shema when he was reunited with Yosef, because he saw that all those years of hardship was really a divine plan. It was really part of an ultimate purpose. We look at this world through the wrong perspective most of the time. You see, we see just a very narrow-minded focus you could imagine if somebody were to take a look at a masterpiece painting, a Rembrandt, or 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 a uh, or a Da Vinci. If you were to look very close at the picture, you would just see a bunch of splotches of color. You think, what is this modern art? But when you step back and you see the full picture, you see how all the colors come together in perfect harmony to reveal a picture. Same idea is given of a master quilter. You ever see one of these amazing tapestries or a beautiful um, 
a beautiful um, sewn work of art. So if you look at it from the back, all you'll see is lots of knots and stitches. When you come see it from the front, you see how all those stitches come together and you see an incredible work of art. We're looking at the world usually from the back. We just see the stitches because we're not seeing the full picture. When you step back, you see you see how it all comes together. So that's that's the message of the Shema. And Yaakov shows us in this week's part, he wants to reveal to his children what's going to be at the end. The answer is when we know the big picture, so the slavery is not a slavery. The exile is not an exile. The suffering is not a suffering. If you can imagine that if you were living during the Holocaust and everything looked horrible and there's suffering of the Jewish people and families ripped apart, millions of people killed. But if someone were to show you a vision of the future and show you that somehow through this suffering, it's going to come the re- return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel and eventually the messianic era, Mashiach coming, bringing about an era of world peace where the entire world will recognize the oneness of God. If you would see that and see that the Holocaust was a necessary step to get there, suddenly the suffering you'd go through would be much less. So Yaakov couldn't reveal the big picture to us because if we had the ultimate clarity, then there would be no suffering. Yet we have to go through the process of exile, the process of suffering in order to bring out our full potential. We have to come to that on our own. On our own, we have to learn to see the big picture. On our own, we have to learn to to look ahead to a time when somehow we will have clarity on why we went through what we went through. So he he's actually showing us what it's going to be like at the end of days. Our divine prophecy is going to leave us. We're going to feel alone. We're going to see darkness. And yet the Talmud is revealing us to how do we get out of that by saying Shema, by meditating on the fact that everything is one and we do that then the exile disappears the slavery disappears and we realize that we can live in redemption right now wishing you a beautiful beautiful shabbos and the hope that we can all see the good in all the suffering that we're going through in our life and it should all turn around and be openly revealed as goodness have a beautiful shabbos